From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Peter Hartlaub, pop culture critic, here with Mick LaSalle for Movies with Mick LaSalle. Welcome back, Mick. Hi, Peter. It's, it's good to be back. Yeah, this is a should-win-will-win Oscars podcast. That's right. How do you feel about should-win-will-win? That's That's been a feature that's been going on for a while. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it gives it gives me the chance to 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 not feel so frustrated as I talk about what will win. Yeah. So it, it's an, and it's a nice opportunity to you know, give a plug to what I genuinely, genuinely think are, are the best, best things nominated. So that's good. You tell me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like the downside is that you're either right or you're wrong. Yeah. Like you write a movie review and it's your opinion. It can't be wrong. Right. But everybody's checking off the boxes. Yeah. How, what's your record on should win, will win? Last year I was really good. Uh, and I've gotten better in the last couple of years. But uh, before that I wasn't that good. I think I, I've just, I just got a little bit better at it in the last few years. Yeah, there was one year where I actually saw the documentary shorts, animated shorts. Yeah. So it felt like a superpower, you know, when you could get those little categories. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm excited about this one. Leba Hertz returns. We're going to learn about what a colonoscopy movie is. A little bit on Christian Bale's surprising English accent, Rami Malek's teeth, and why the worst thing for Mick LaSalle is a split between director and best picture where one wins but the other doesn't win. Is that right? That's right. We're going to hear about that and Alita Battle Angel a little bit about that at the end. Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Hi, this is Mick LaSalle, and I'm here with my editor, Leba Hertz. Hi, Leba. Hi. And we're going to be talking about the uh, Academy Awards. This time we're going to be talking about what will win, what should win, what should have been nominated, maybe even two. But uh, these are going to be predictions. You can use this. You can try to make money off it. And, and let, let's let's see. Let's see if it works. So, Leba, what do you what would you want to talk about? What category would you like to talk about let's first? Let's start with Best Picture. Oh, let's we're going right to gonna the go for the let's gusto go, here. Let's go for the juggernaut. Well, the Best Picture is the one... That is okay. Do you want so, to skip that? Maybe no, no, no. Supporting, no, no, no supporting will take two minutes. No, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say this: best picture has become harder to pick, harder to choose is who's going to, going to win. Ever since they changed the way the voting is, it used to be you'd pick the biggest, whatever's the biggest movie and the stupidest movie, and that would win. So if you had two big movies, like like you'd say, okay, Black Panther. Or a star is born, and then you'd say, okay, which one is stupider? And then you'd go back and forth trying to figure it out. <laughs> but in this case, uh, th- since they changed the voting, that's not the case, and, and you never know what's going to win. Although what usually wins is whatever was, was not the favorite on opening day. I think that's going to be different this time. I think the favorite is going yeah, to win. Yeah, I think it started out. You pick the Globes, which is not the true predicator, but gives you a good clue. Now, when I say the favorite, in this case, there was actually a movie called The Favorite. The favorite. But what I mean is I think the favorite, on the opening opening line favorite, was Roma, and I think Roma is going to win. I think Roma would. There was a little bit of a hitch when Green Book pulled in a, a victory, which I was all excited about, but... Boy, the last few, the last weeks or so, it's just been Roma, Roma, Roma. It's Roma, 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 and and it's but really you know what's weird. Interesting? It's like uh, I don't know. You know what's interesting though what? is the year we all said La La Land, La La Land, La La Land, and 
it came out to be Moonlight. Yeah. And we figured out kind of what happened was that the voting kept going La La Land and Moonlight was coming in as a very close second, which yeah. we didn't know. Right. And we think that's what eventually, because of the ranked voting. Because of the ranked voting, also because if people want something other than La La Land to win and La La Land is the favorite, they make sure that they don't put that in their top three or four. So that in the hope that it will never get counted, right? Um, I you know, I doubt it, but wrong. you never know. I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot of people who really don't like Roma. I think some of the and I don't like Roma that much either. I gave a little man clapping just on the basis of how it looked and the fact that I liked the last hour. So a lot of people are liking it for, in a way, unfair reasons because. They're watching it on their tablet. They're watching it on their computer. And and this is a movie that the only chance it has is if it's holding you captive because there's no there's no narrative that's going to hook you. You have to be kind of hypnotized by the visuals. That said, honestly, I mean, when people ask me about Roma, I, I what I've been saying is it's like a kind of a colonoscopy movie because it's a movie – that puts the whole audience in such a, a, a trance of like something like like a like a zombie state of trancehood that you could probably sneak in a team of gastroenterologists to give everybody a colonoscopy as they watch the movie and nobody would say what's that you know because when I walked out of this movie I was waiting honestly to see my doctor to, to tell me whether I should come back in five or ten years so you know it is that kind of movie but it, I think it's it, I think it's better. I think it's not as good as the people who love it say it is, although, you know, I'm not going to argue with love. But I think it is a little bit better. It, it's worse than the people who love it say it is, but I think it's better than the people who hate it say it is. Although, because it's getting so lauded, I definitely indulge the people who hate it and start smiling and <laughs> yeah. agreeing with them because it's, you know, you know what happens when you yeah, don't. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I sat there squirming through my, my chair in a big theater and I kept saying, it's beautiful, it's beautiful to look at. I know I'm supposed to love this movie and I was, Everybody around me loved it. But the biggest thing that's coming out is more people looking at the foreign film category. I think, you know, we're looking at it. It's going up against Cold War, uh -huh. which is, a, yeah. for me, one of my best movies of the year. Yeah. And it'd be really interesting because that's going to be awarded first. Who's going to win? I think it's going to be Cold War. And everybody, everybody's saying it's going to be Roma which is also nominated, but I think it's going to be Cold War, and I'll tell you why. First of all, there's, there's some strength for Cold War because Cold War got nominated for Best Director. So that's interesting right there. So did, of course, Roma. But it's the only other foreign film besides Roma to be nominated. The other thing is the way foreign film is voted. It's the only category where you absolutely have to have seen all the movies. And to to vote in that category, not only do you have to see, you don't just pledge that you've seen the movies, you have to go to Academy-approved screenings and sign in. So if you go to an Academy-approved screening and sign in, you, if you want to vote for Roma and you're just a casual person who just really likes Roma, you have to sit through four other foreign films. You have to be pretty hardcore. And I think that the people who like Cold War would have more of a tendency to be that hardcore foreign film base. Also, too, everybody who votes in that category, they know Roma's going to win Best Picture. And so even if they like Roma, even if they love Roma, if they if they like Cold War even as much, not even more, the the, the temptation would be just go ahead and vote for Cold War because they know that, that Best pick. you know, I mean, look, Roma winning foreign film is an anticlimax. Uh, Cold War winning foreign film is a big deal for Cold War because mm -hmm. that's that's the best it's going to get. So I, I think it's going to be Cold War for foreign film. And, and if it's not, 
Boy, I, I didn't, didn't get ready for, you know, Roma maybe will win everything. I don't so, know. So uh, we didn't get back. What movie do you think should win oh. Best Picture, which of the nominees and of the non-nominees? I mean, of the nom- non-nominees, I, you know, I my favorite movie was Vox Lux, which nobody saw. But I, I just thought it was I thought it was the most interesting movie of the year and I think it's it's a movie that, that's it's a movie that's going to have a lot of legs in the future in terms of people looking back on our time and all that. But of these movies here, um, you know, I'd be happy with Black Klansman, I'd be happy with the favorite, I'd be happy with Green Book, and in a funny way I'd be happy with A Star is Born. I mean A Star is Born is like a big old fashioned kind of movie that wins. I, I'm not in love with the second half, but I absolutely adored the first half. I, I think that scene where they're singing on stage is like one of the, like one of the best scenes of 2018. So I'd be happy with all that if I were going to vote. I'd probably would, vote for I'd probably, probably vote for Green Book. I, guess. I would go for Black Klansman. Oh, I might I'd go re- for Black that, Klansman. That really resonates. And Green Book are really close second. I and might, then yeah. I differ on Star Is Born. I thought there was a lot of direction issues going on there. Yeah. Um, I did like a lot of it, and I did appreciate a lot of it. But I felt the the direction was really throwing me off. And I'm sorry, guys. Black Panther will not cry at all if that wins. <laughs> I, I won't cry, but I don't, I don't like that movie very much. I just think it's good. I think you know it's a superhero movie. Uh, but you know, I think I, you know, I think you might I might vote for Black Klansman actually because. Uh, because you know it's like a life achievement award for Spike Lee. I mean, it's if it's in a close race between Green Book and Black Klansman, I might vote for Black Klansman. Yeah, actually, I, I yeah. just felt that. I mean, I love Green Book. I don't. I just think Black Klansman. I just remember watching it and enjoying it. He kind of does a. He captures the time period. He does it almost like you're watching a TV show of that era. <laughs> and then all of a sudden comes that ending, and you realize what he's done, and it was like a gut punch. And I remember yeah, I was yeah. just bawling. I was just crying so, so hard after that. I think that, that that's a sign of a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you cry for the opening of an envelope, though. I mean, you're pretty oh, that's easy. That's true, and, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I hear the word Schindler List and the, you know, the tears come rolling down. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what do we got next, Libra? Well, let's go to Best Director. It's going to be Quaron. Yeah, yeah, okay. Quaron's <laughs> yeah, um, uh, going to win Best Director. Um, he should win Best Cinematography, but he's going to win Best Director. And, and uh, he'll win Best Cinematography. And he'll I, win both, yeah. For me, is, uh, should win. I'm back to Spike. Hey, you know, but by the way, can we just say the Trump factor here? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's very easy to vote for a Mexican film for a lot of these mm-hmm. Academy, yeah. vote, Academy voters because, you know, Trump's talking about building a wall, and he's not talking about Mexico paying for it anymore, mm-hmm. but he was talking about that for a while. But so this this whole thing, it, you know, to vote for to vote for Roma is a way of making yourself feel good about annoying Trump, and so this is going to you know be a factor, I think. So anyway, and Quaron, forget it. Yeah, he's he's just gonna he could he, he I'm sure he's written a speech already. Yeah, he could do. Uh, and it'll uh, be but, about Trump. Yeah, he's gonna it'll be something about Trump uh, for sure. I mean, if you're if you're a Mexican director, mm-hmm. right? You made a movie. And you're getting up to win an award at a time when, when the you know the president is shutting down the government because he wants to build a wall between the United States and your country, and now you're just infiltrated by you know winning best picture, you have to, or best director you have to do a kind of a victory. But, but lap you can say the that. same thing about Spike Lee, especially with that ending. I mean that ending really is direct attack. Yeah, it is. It is, but uh, it, it's it's not in contention. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be yeah, yeah. it's gonna be. That. Yeah, it's a few. But that's a good point. But mm-hmm. still, it's not going to be a factor. Okay. So, we're, but, so we did director already. That was easy. Yeah. Do, do not be exotic in your choices for like in your Oscar pool. 
Director's Quaron, just yeah. check that off. Check just off. yeah, don't and worry then, about and it. And we'll go back. The next check off, a pretty easy one, is supporting actor. It's an easy check off and deserving. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Ali is probably going to win. Yeah. Prob- I think he's. I think he's the one that, if you really want to take it to the bank, that's the one. I think so too. I mean, I, Sam Rockwell is really one of my mm-hmm. favorite actors, mm-hmm. but nominating him, for, <laughs> nominating him for Vice is mm-hmm. sort of funny. Although he is delightful. Yeah. I mean, he's nominated yeah. for being. Delightful as George W. Bush, I would probably in this this category I'd probably vote for Richard E. Grant for mm-hmm. Can You Ever Forgive Me, but uh, Sam Elliott that's Life Achievement mm-hmm. Award stuff. Adam Driver he's good. I, I would I would go to Adam Driver, but I I, I, I still yeah. think it's Mahershala Ali. That that performance is is just tremendous when you think the, yeah. that, that it really is, and it's it was so close to him being a Best Actor nominee in this case too. Yeah, I, I yeah I think I I would I would be. Um, I'd be happy with Mahershala Ali, yeah. but you know a couple of the, that should have been nominated. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying I would vote mm-hmm. for them over over uh, all of mm-hmm. these people, but uh, Raphael Cassell. Yes, I mean, he's terrific in Blind Spot. Yes, and and also <laughs> I forgot the guy's mm-hmm. name. Oh, hold it, it's coming to me. No, it went away again. The did you, did you see the movie Colette? No, I have the I have did, a no. Colette is um, the guy in Colette. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Dominic West. Ah. Whoa. All right. So I haven't lost my mind yeah. yet. Did we ever talk about the losing your mind thing on, on the air? The, the yeah, losing. Yeah. Did we talk about the noun thing? Did we talk? Did we discuss the noun verb thing? No? <laughs> All right. Well, here's it work. You know, uh, as I get older, and I started actually noticing when we were doing the old podcast, like in 2006, something like that, I started noticing that I'd come up on on names and suddenly just like forget the name like a second before I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do it. And this is something that happens, unfortunately, as you get older. But I've, I've learned that you, you shouldn't really worry about it until you start losing verbs because nobody in the history of the world, like for example, it's very common to say, I, I just saw so-and-so running down the street. What was, what was, what was his name? Mm-hmm. What was his name? Oh yeah, Joe. But nobody ever says, I just saw Joe, he was, oh, what was that thing he was doing? He was doing this thing. What is it called? Running. Yeah. Nobody ever loses that. So when you lose that, then you know you're losing something. But anyway, I'm oh. Dominic West, so maybe I'm so not So we're doing anything. a, what are we doing? <laughs> we just did supporting actor who should have been no, nominated. A, what, what's this thing we are doing? With oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah. Predictions. Predictions. And, uh, yeah. Supporting actress. Um, if you'd asked me uh, two weeks ago, I would have said a shoo-in for Regina King. But there's been a couple of changes uh, where Rachel Weiss seems to have taken a little bit of an edge off of that. Well, I would I would vote for Rachel Weiss mm-hmm. in this one. I, I my the way I I've handicapped this is that is that Weiss and Stone uh, split mm-hmm. the vote, and I think Maria Marina Di Tavera, by the way, is really mm-hmm. nice in Rome. I think she's really good, but it's she's still it, it's it's not. That's not an actor's yeah, movie, yeah. particularly. <laughs> Amy Adams and Vice. Yeah, I feel. I mean, That's she's a, not going to win, but you know, it's a it's one of these days she's going to get her due. I think that she's at this this point getting nominated for whatever she does because everybody knows she's great. But I, I didn't see that as a nomination. I think Stone mm-hmm. and Vice is still going to split, and it'll be Regina King. But Regina King, I have to say, she's great in in the two best scenes in the movie. If Beale Street could talk. Was it the two best? Isn't, don't we like the other actress, Ajani Ellis? Oh, she's great, too. Yeah. If there was a be- best featured role or something, which I think there should be, mm-hmm. I, think she'd, I think she'd win because mm-hmm. she's amazing in that. She's great in that scene. But I think it should be Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz really, mm-hmm. in, 
in my opinion, actually, Rachel Weiss is the star of The Favorite, except the movie is, is structured in such an unconventional way that the person who is the star of the movie ceases to be the star about 80% into the movie, disappears, and then just, just comes back briefly. And I think it's because of having, you know, they had to adhere to actual history. In that case, yeah, they did. And I mean, yeah. it would have made no sense otherwise. Um, but, yeah, Rachel Weisz is a great I, actress. I, I, what I, I have to I say is, her. as much as I, I love Rachel Weisz in that movie, and I think that's what, to me, destroyed the favorite from being in my top 10, was losing her in those last 20 minutes. Yeah. But when I still go back and I look at the things and scenes I think about, like you said, that scene of Regina King in Puerto Rico, man, I don't even think she says a word in that scene, and I just blows my mind how great she was in it. She was great, yeah, but I like Rachel, Rachel Weisz better. Uh, I would vote for Rachel Weisz. But it's she's, more married. Sustained she's, performance. Got, she's married to James Bond. Come on. She, she's married to James Bond, and she's also one of uh, best... She's won in, in this this category mm-hmm. before, and so maybe we might want to save her up for Best Actress. She should have won Best Act. Well, should have been nominated for Best Actress for The Deep, uh, Deep Blue Sea mm-hmm. uh, several years back. She was amazing in that. I, I think mm-hmm. she's a wonderful actress. Did you like her this year in Disobedience? Oh, I loved her in Disobedience. Yeah, I loved her in Disobedience, and and but nobody really, I don't know. It, it was like that movie didn't happen, and it was by that great director uh, Sebastian uh, Lelio or something uh, from, I think uh, Chile, uh, mm-hmm. who's only made really good movies. I, I thought that movie would be taken mm-hmm. more seriously, but it wasn't positioned for anything. It was, you know, shown earlier in the year. Wonderful movie, mm-hmm. Disobedience. By the way, if you're listening to this and this is the first you're hearing of the movie Disobedience, I want, I want you to do something for me. When you go see Disobedience, don't read the cover of the, don't read the cover. If you get it on Netflix, don't read anything, don't read any description of it and watch it the way I did because I watched it where I knew I was going to a movie called Disobedience at two o'clock. I didn't know anything about it, and it makes for a better movie if you don't know what it's about. And then, and then it's surprising because it, it gets goes in a really great direction. Okay. Just want to protect want to protect your experience here. <laughs> so uh, we've got the. Should we now go into our actor or actress first? Uh, let's go to actress, I guess. I think it's going to be Glenn Close, and again, it's a lifetime achievement, and she, for lifetime achievement, really does deserve it. She's had a body of work that's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, not only on people, not only on screen, but on stage. I'm so old. I actually saw her in a Tony Award-winning role, in two things. She was in the original Tom Stoppard. Um, what was that show play called? Was um. The real thing. The real thing. Oh, that was and a she wild was guess. Also, she was the original. Mrs. Barnum in the musical Barnum, where she won a Tony. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's how it works with uh, lead actress, okay? I, I, by the way, my choice, yeah. even though I, it is Melissa McCarthy. All right, so here's how it goes. This is how it works. Who wins? Uh, usually it goes to somebody under 35. Uh, usually it goes to someone who has never been nominated before. Uh, usually it goes to someone who does a kind of chameleonic performance where you know they're, they're completely different than they ever were they're wearing a big nose they have a disease something they're playing a historical figure they're margaret thatcher something like that and that's how it works so we look at this so oh so okay so yelitsa aparicio is under 35 and so is lady gaga but they are each playing, in, in case of Lady Gaga, she's playing somebody who's very much like herself. And in the case of uh, Yulitsa Aparicio, nobody knows who she is because it's her first movie. So I don't know if she's playing herself 
she's playing somebody completely different from herself in terms of personality. So she's she doesn't count. That doesn't happen. That just like the same thing was happening when Jennifer Lawrence got nominated for her first first big movie, right? It's like, well, nobody knows who she is. So it turns out, you know, she's not somebody from the Ozarks or wherever she was, but nobody knew. Um, then you look at this, look at the rest. Olivia Coleman, uh, she is is playing the queen, the Queen Anne, but she's English and she's playing a queen. Nobody thinks of that as a stretch. Everybody just thinks that that is an English person that they Englishing it up. They always win in that category. You have you know, Helen Mirren, you got Kate Blanchett, all yeah. playing queens. Well, these, but these, <laughs> but in this, yeah, but these, that's different. In the case of of Helen Mirren, she was was playing somebody that we knew. So we could say, wow, she's nothing like Helen Mirren, <laughs> whereas Olivia Coleman, we we barely know her, and then she's, she's playing somebody that we don't know, and she's English, and she's playing a queen. Melissa McCarthy, you know, I don't see that as a huge transformation. I think she's great in the movie, mm-hmm. but she's basically playing Melissa McCarthy with no jokes. And then, then Glenn Close is, is basically very much like Glenn Close in The Wife. So when you look at it, you realize that nobody is playing... Uh, a, it is doing a chameleonic except performance. That, except for Glenn Close, is that it actually is chameleonic Why? because she's not like any of that. I mean, she's a, an actress who's very strong-willed, strong-minded. I mean, and 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 her whole career, when you look back at it, she really doesn't play herself. But she's but she looks like Glenn Close. She but, talks but, like but, Glenn but Close. She plays she's a, a woman who stood in the shadows of her husband. That was that's not Glenn Close. The real Glenn. Close. I mean, I've interviewed Glenn Close, so I happen to. Yeah, but she's pissed off about it. So that yeah, is Glenn Close, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, well, anyway. look, okay. So if you look statistically, who should win is Lady Gaga. And she's not going to win. Let's just say it. She's not going right. to win. But if you look at it, because you say, well, look at that. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's playing a chameleon. She's 32, perfect age to win for that category. And she's never been nominated before. Boom, she's going to win. But, you know, last year, last year, it was the same situation, even more so, mm-hmm. because you had um, Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. And she was nominated. She's 27, good age, never been nominated before. And she was totally transformed. She played Tanya Harding mm-hmm. in that I Tanya movie. So what happened? Instead, they voted for they voted for Frances McDormand, mm-hmm. who was went through the movie pissed off. And so I think I think what happened, what I predicted would happen, is that that, that older women in the Academy were were in a kind of a angry mood, and they weren't going to just take it anymore. They were not happy with, you know, the election. They were not happy with the, the what's going on in the country. And they just said, no, we're going to vote for, you know, we're going to vote for Frances McDormand, who is as pissed off as we are. I look at this, and I think what's going to happen is people going to vote for Glenn Close and going to say, hey, you know, Glenn Close has been great all these years. This is not terribly strong field. I, I agree with you, Melissa McCarthy is really great. And Olivia Coleman's great, yeah. but Olivia Coleman is, 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 uh, what what am I going to say about Olivia Coleman? She's actually the supporting performance, in my humble opinion, in that role, and and I think that they were a little too clever by half to nominate her for best actress. I think they're going to be sorry that they did. I think they're going to come up going to come up with nothing. My my guess. So I think it's going to be Glenn Close too. I think mm-hmm. I think she's going to win, and boy does she want to. Mm-hmm. She really wants to win, and I can't blame her. <laughs>
She's a very nice woman, by the way. Do you know her? Yeah, I interviewed her for uh, Albert Hobbs, in which actually Albert Hobbs. Oh, not oh, that the movie was bad. wasn't really good, but she was good. But more important, was the supporting actress was tremendous, which was Janet McTeer. Yeah, man, that movie was just that, yeah, that it was, was terrible. De- it was deadly. Oh, but, was... But, but I felt bad for her on that. But I mean, after I saw her in that, I, I just thought, will they ever forgive her for this? Yeah. And I'm, you know, not because this yeah. was terrible. I mean, her acting was fine. I mean, oh, the, the it was she was it was insipid. I mean, she was just yeah. kind of yeah. Kind but Janet McTeer was really great. So anyway, yeah. Oh, so it's just it was ridiculous. Okay, best actor. This is what we're all going to be fighting over. First of all, okay. from me, should win, will not win, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, I agree. Should win Viggo Mortensen. And I would, if, if anybody in a movie this year, I'd vote for Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. All right, well, this is how it works with this one. Um, you, you win if you're middle-aged, not young, middle-aged. And middle-aged, in the case of the Academy, is somewhere between 38 and 60. You win if you're playing once again a chameleonic performance, so that you are, you know, you're playing somebody identifiably not like yourself. Uh, you let's say, and and you win. It helps if you've been nominated before in that category. So it's a lot different from the the best actress. So it sounds like Vigo, but it's not <clears throat> going to be. <laughs> uh, no, it's well, yeah, it, well, okay. So Vigo is is sixty, and he plays somebody very much not like himself. Uh, and he has been nominated in this category. <laughs> now, there's not only a, one other person who is in that, has a, those qualities. That's Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Bale is is 45. He has been nominated in, in this category too, and he plays somebody. He plays Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, and he's like totally not like himself. Uh, then look at the other ones. Bradley Cooper is 44, good age. I think he has been nominated in this category. But he's playing, you know, a guy who looks just like Bradley Cooper. The only difference is he sings. Big deal. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Willem Dafoe ages out of the category. He's 63. Also, what's weird is he's playing a guy who's 37. I don't know how much toxic waste Vincent Van Gogh would have had to eat every morning to look like he was 63 by the time he was 37. But I guess we have to accept that as a possibility. Um, but... That would be a chameleonic role, except we don't know how Vincent Van Gogh acted. We just know what he looked and, like. And too small a movie, too. Too small a movie. And then you have Rami Malek, who is 36, so he's a little bit young. Never been nominated before, so that's not good. And he completely transforms, does a lot of teeth acting. <laughs> oh, boy, those teeth get a workout in Bohemian Rhapsody. I never saw somebody do such work with their teeth it was it was very touching it was i was I moved by the it perform- i liked that movie a lot better than you did you know what i really liked it Rami malik did in that movie i was really impressed mm-hmm. by it. i love the way he sang mm-hmm. oh whoops no it was dubbed <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i think it would be uh, a joke for him to win my wife of course doesn't listen to the podcast it's because she says I have the podcast at home but if she did she would disagree she would say <laughs> that uh, yeah I've tried to actually play her podcast she says she's what do I want to hear this I have the podcast at home but anyway um, Ronnie like Malik she loves she, uh, yeah, the podcast <laughs> at home uh, she loves this I think you love it too I, love it too. I loved it a lot I mean I, I, I didn't have it in my top 10 but it was really close yeah well I I I like. Uh, I think he's the, not going to win. I think he's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Bale wins. I think it's going to be Christian Bale because Christian Bale, if if I, I have to believe in my mm-hmm. system, and I look at my system, and Christian Bale ticks off every or checks off all the mm-hmm. boxes. Now, so does Viggo Mortensen. I just think Christian Bale's 
transformation. I, I have no confidence in the academy to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and I think what they look at is 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 silly stuff like the, you know somebody, oh wow, you actually believed he was Dick Cheney. That's the kind of thing they love Halloween Halloween mm-hmm. costumes. Of course, Raleigh Malik has has a heck of a Halloween costume too. But at least Christian Bale, you know he. He talks like him. He, I don't know. But the thing about Rami Malek, he also won SAG. And that yeah. seems, I mean, she won SAG. And when Glenn Close won the Globe and SAG and a couple of other awards, they said, ah, it's got to be Because there's a lot of actors, yeah. A lot of actors. And the same thing with Rami Malek and, and Christian. So I put the edge to Malek. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Bale. I would be shocked if it was Vigo. And it's I would be absolutely else. delighted. Oh, um, I'd be shocked, yeah. You know, it, it could. you could be right for this this reason, right? You figure that the people who would know the most mm-hmm. about acting would be the people in the Screen Actors Guild. And for mm-hmm. them to go out and give it to Rami Malek, it's like, okay, well, if, from my point of view, if they don't have a clue, who, who are the people who are in the technical categories? Mm-hmm. What are they going to vote for? Well, you know, most, most people, when they think of acting, they actually think mm-hmm. that acting is impersonation. They think that acting is putting on a mask rather than taking one off. And so if, if the Screen Actors Guild gave it to Malek, I think that he's going to have a pretty natural constituency among people who don't know what acting is. But and I don't know. So what do you want? An American? I think it's going to be. I think it's. Be, I say it's going to be Christian Bale. So it's going to be an American playing a Brit or a Brit playing an American. Yeah, Christian Bale. I forgot that he was British when he got up to. <laughs> oh, oh, I will accept this award. I was like, what is this? I thought he was doing a character. I thought he was doing. It sounded. It sounded like he was suddenly. It, 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 it was. I felt like I was watching My Fair Lady, and he was going to start singing. You know, uh, with a little bit of luck, I couldn't believe it. Not only I knew he was English, but I didn't know that he was like that English. I thought he was. He was more like. Uh, I don't know, like. Uh, Dennis Craig English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Craig or Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, thank you. <laughs> Rachel Weiss's husband, by Rachel the way. Rachel <laughs> Weiss's husband. Yeah, thank you for correcting that because by people way, get very but, upset but if you don't Robbie do that. But the thing, Robbie Malik right. was here, and believe it or not, until he said he, he grew up in, down in Southern California, he sounded British to me. <laughs> I was oh, really? Like, really amazed. Why is he British? He's not. Well, why is he talking like that? I don't know. It's just because he talks kind of weird. He so talks weird. He kind of weird, so it almost had a little bit of a British edge to it. And then the guy... <laughs> Then there was the Welsh guy who sounded Welsh and the guy from upstate New York who sounded like he was from upstate New York. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even well, though anyway. he tried to pretend he was from lower New York until I pointed out to him, you're from upstate New York and I don't want to hear about you being a Yankee fan. So what should we tell people? How, do, how should they vote? I'm going to say Christian Bale, but you say Rami Malek. I say Rami Malek. I, I think it's you a toss-up. Uh, is I it think, a toss-up? I, think, I, think it's, I lean towards Rami because of SAG. Okay, and I lean towards Christian Bale based on historical trends, although I would feel better about Christian Bale if Rami Malek was 32 instead of 36, because he, he's, he is young, but he's not, you know, that young that people would, like, throw up and to I give it to him. And I think he also has that TV cred from Mr. Robot, where he's won a bunch of awards for that show okay. as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm distressed to say I've never seen it. Yeah. I'm so uh, distressed. And so, um, for another Take It to the Bank is the Best Animation Movie. Oh, yeah, what's that? Which is Spider-Verse? Yes? No? Oh, everybody loves that. Spider-Verse. Yeah, no, Take that's it to win. the bank. Yeah. Okay, so I and guess uh, that's also about it, right? best song, you can definitely oh, take. Oh, best song. The Shallow. Shallow, yeah, which should be called Shallows. Did Shallow they? or Shallows? Yeah, the Shallows. Now, yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I mean, the fact that, that I could actually remember the melody... Uh, I still think This Is Me should have won. This Is Me, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that was good. Bearded Lady sang that one. That was wonderful. Um... 
So anyway, I guess we should uh, say say goodbye at this this point. We've uh, we've we've exhausted everyone already. But I just want to say one thing: we have a movie opening this week. If you happen to be listening to the podcast this week, called Alita, uh, and um, and I liked it. And if I liked it. I like that it means either that it's going to do really bad, that it's like one of these weird action movies that only I like, like Watchmen or something, and it's just going to die at the box Cat office. Catwoman? Yeah. <laughs> I liked Catwoman, I hate to admit. Yeah, I liked it too. But but yeah, but anyway, uh, I would I, I, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie that kind of addresses the issues of of being a cyborg in a rather a touching way. And and. The, the placement of her as an animated creation within, I, I just don't know how they did it, obviously. I mean, I, I, it look, it's so seamless. And before we go, I just want to say to the audience, you know, for you guys, it's, it's all fun and games. You know, you get to watch, you just sit there, you get to watch the Academy Awards. For us, it's really miserable. <laughs> I mean, it really is because the story that I write is due very often like a half hour after the awards but I don't know what the story is about because all the awards that anybody cares about is front loaded to the to the end of the show. And so we have this law. So I have to write. I'm writing the story, but I'm writing the bottom of the story and then I'm creeping up. But the worst thing that can happen is when best director and best picture are not the same movie because because best director gives me a warning. I say, OK, good. I can start writing the lead now. And how many times, Lee, have I written, you know, the the juggernaut that was La La Land <laughs> or the juggernaut? How many juggernauts have I, like, you know, the lead paragraph has been thrown out in the last minute? Because didn't yeah. Quaron win for Gravity but didn't win Best Picture that year? I, I don't even remember. Yeah, That's I'm pretty possible. sure he won for Gravity, but it was definitely not Best Picture. It always, it's, it's last, yeah, the, the La La Land was funny because I was watching TV mm. And so as soon as La La Land, quote unquote, won, I turned off the sound, but I didn't move. And I just started just writing mm. the La La Land paragraph. And then I just noticed there's this commotion on the screen. And then you called me. No, you called me. I called you. You called me. I had seen La La Land and I had everything planned out after. I knew it was going to be La La Land. I was convinced. I told everybody, take it to the bank. It's La La Land. So I go in there and it wins. And I go rushing to the art department to tell them this is what we need to do. And I come back and I hear my phone ringing and I'm looking at the screen. And I go, "Why is Barry Jenkins on the <laughs> television screen?" And he's going, ah! "I'm going, oh no!" And of course, at this point, I got into my old sports mode about breaking news, rip it up, <laughs> and yeah. everything. But <laughs> in that case, it wasn't as bad as the usual thing, but because it was so understood that that was such an interesting, interesting thing, that everybody in the country was doing the exact same mm -hmm. thing, and everybody's story was, let's say, ten minutes late. Yeah. But in the case of, of something else where, where there's just that crash that, and broke back mountain. Yeah, something like that. I mean, that was the easiest thing, and then all of a sudden having to write, you know, oh, that was terrible. Anyway, so we're going to be working, but you guys. You enjoy yourself, so have fun, and we'll see, we'll see you at the Academy Awards. <laughs> For the San Francisco Chronicle, I'm Mick LaSalle. And I'm Lieber Hertz.
You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Mick LaSalle and Leba Hertz. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Mozart Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.